Hi, everyone, and welcome to Simply the Sermon offered by Bethel Lutheran Church in Templeton. This is Russ Gordon, the interim pastor at Bethel, and so glad that you could join us here today uh, as we look at the readings and offer a message for you. Uh, but first, uh, let me just simply say that uh, I hope that you uh, look at the email that comes to you every Friday from the church office that let you know what's going on at the church and around the community that we are involved in and uh, consider themselves invitations to be a part of anything and everything that we offer. Uh, it's a great way to make friends, a great way to uh, contribute to the, to the church and to the community and uh, to be a part of the work of, of Jesus. All right, so this is the uh, message from January 29th of this year, fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. And I want to read uh, two portions of Scripture to you. One is uh, the first reading for today, a portion of it from Micah chapter 6. We're going to start at verse um, 6 itself. So Micah 6, verse 6, which reads this way, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This ends the first reading. And so now let's turn to the gospel reading for today, and I'll read a portion of it, and you can certainly read the entire passage at home. It's from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and I'm going to begin at verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And here ends the reading of the Gospel. We are quickly approaching the highest, most holy day of the year, Super Bowl Sunday. The day when the best of the best in the football world meet in a great contest of skill, engaging in a fierce, epic battle for 60 long minutes. And not to be outdone, corporations will sell out millions of dollars for a 30-second commercial ad. Some of you may remember that California Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks used to be the training camp for the Dallas Cowboys way back in the mid-70s, back when I was a student there. And one summer when I was there, I had a chance to see some of the great gridiron heroes of the past. Drew Pearson, Roger Staubach, Two Tall Jones. Remember him? They were mighty impressive, and especially the offensive linemen. They were huge. What you noticed about these guys right off is they have no neck. It is like their head is fused directly onto their torso. 
They were massive. It made a person incredibly grateful that there was something organized for these guys to do. Well, enough about football. Let's get back to Jesus. Remember last week, we heard the story of Jesus calling the fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to follow him. Well, this morning, I believe the readings help us to discern the what of following Jesus. In other words, okay, Jesus, I'll be your disciple, but what is it we are to do? Why are we here? Uh, If there really is a God, and if we are a product of some marvelous providential imagination, if we are here for some purpose, what is it? What's the game plan, Coach Jesus? (laughs) Don't we hear that same question in that Micah reading, starting at verse 8? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Boy, that's a verse to memorize, isn't it? The Gospel reading reminds us that the blessings belong not to the already blessed, but to those typically viewed as unblessed, the poor, the meek, the hungry, the grieving, the merciful, the peacemakers. I really doubt any of these verses about kindness and humility and meekness are being read to the football players in the locker rooms as they prepare for their big games. But these are the marks of the followers of Jesus. These are the marks of the people of faith. This is what we are about. This is our calling. And we know that popular culture presumes that wealth or status or power or privilege determine our value. Over and over again, in subtle and overt ways, We are told to pursue these things, and yet the Christian story is quite different. St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians, his letter to the Corinthians, is answering that same kind of question we are asking ourselves today. That is, what is our purpose? What is the way we are to walk? And so Paul reminds us in that very first chapter of 1 Corinthians to, quote, consider your call. How many of you are wise or powerful? You are in luck because God doesn't choose those folks. He chose the weak, the lowly, and the least. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. What a great set of verses that is. I think about our community of faith at Bethel, and I know many who are much wiser than I am. But I doubt many of us would consider ourselves to be powerful people, influential people. Are there any royalty among us? I don't see any hands up. When you add it up, we really aren't much to boast about, are we? But it really doesn't matter, because it is God who does the choosing, and for some strange reason, God chose us. We humans tend to forget who really is in charge here, who gave us our life in the first place. In the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God flung the galaxies into the furthest reaches of the universe, The Almighty fashioned humankind, placing us in this garden paradise, this Eden, with the expressed expectation that we would till it and keep it and be one another's helpmates. But of course, humankind soon fell prey to the temptation of wanting to exercise control over creation and each other, and control eventually led to a presumption of ownership And before you knew it, people were behaving less like guests of God's good creation and more like the management. And we created a markedly different world, didn't we? Where some are winners and some losers. Some are judged successful and worthy, and some are forgotten. 
Some are rich and some are poor. Some have plenty in the refrigerator and others go to bed hungry. So God sent Jesus to return us to the game plan, to our purpose. And some of us have had to learn that calling to kindness and humility the hard way. Most of this past year, I think many of you know, I had the privilege of serving as interim pastor at Lutheran Church of the Reformation in Washington, D.C. Reformation is the closest of any church of any denomination to the capital. It's a mere two blocks away. And it had a Victorian-style four-floor parsonage right next door. So from there, Jeannie and I could just walk outside and see the Capitol right down the street. And we loved walking Cooper, our Labradoodle, around the Capitol building nearly every single morning. And we would take walks all the way down as far as the monument, Washington Monument. It was just a great time to be there. The other reason we were in D.C. was to be, of course, near our two-year-old grandson, Elliot. And, oh yes, our son and daughter-in-law, who lived only 20 minutes away across the Potomac in Arlington. Now, Reformation Lutheran is a pretty prestigious place to be the pastor, if only the interim pastor. Back in 2017, it was the site of the ELCA celebration of the 500th anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation of 1517, with presiding Bishop Eaton and travel guru Rick Steves as the main speakers. So I was pretty pumped to be there in that prestigious church. And maybe I was letting both the location in D.C. and the nationwide prominence of that church go to my head just a little bit. It was hard not to when the chaplain of the House of Representatives invited Jeannie and I for coffee in her office, followed by a private tour of the Capitol that was still closed to the general public because of the insurrection a year and a half before. And when the chaplain asked me to offer the prayer before Congress, I thought, wow, here is the pinnacle of my career as a pastor. By the way, you can find that prayer in the archives of C-SPAN. But the Lord has a plan to remind me who is the tenant and who is the manager and what it means, truly means, to be a disciple. One of the ministries of Reformation supports is Good Neighbors of Capitol Hill, and for the past five years, their mission has been to furnish apartments for refugees fleeing to this country. Lutheran Social Services finds the apartment, Good Neighbors find the furniture, the kitchen supplies, the bedding, the towels, all that it takes to make a house a home, and sets everything up to welcome a desperate family in need. To date, Good Neighbors over this four or five year period of time, has furnished, are you ready, 102 such apartments. It's a phenomenal ministry and all done by volunteers. I accompanied the team to a just finished apartment to see this act of kindness for myself. And there I met a 19 year old Afghani young lady. She told me how her studies at college were abruptly halted when the Taliban suddenly overran the capital of Kabul and her family were among the crush of people, as we remember seeing it on TV, trying to get to the Kabul airport and onto U.S. planes. She, her mom, and her younger sister barely made it through the airport gates, but her father and two brothers were pushed back, and the gates were closed, so they were now separated from each other. And so for the next four nights, the, the women slept on the tarmac of the airport, awaiting their fate. They managed to get onto one of the last planes, and they unfortunately had to leave half of the family, the father and brothers, 
behind and their country behind as well. They were shuttled from one base to another, to another, to another, and finally landing in Washington, D.C. And as I understand it, they can't be in contact with her father, with the brothers, not even through social media, as the Taliban likely is monitoring all of that and could take revenge on the father and brothers. So it's likely she may never see her father and brothers again. I was just floored when I heard her tell the story. All of my pride about being in a prestigious congregation went out the window as I heard what this humble but brave young woman had gone through. I had nothing to boast about. I have never displayed even half a tenth of the courage this 19-year-old had to have to go through all of this. Meeting her was one of the most memorable experiences of my life, and I hope that I have learned to walk just a little more humbly on this earth. You and I profess a God who was willing to become weak so that we might be made strong. God willingly became human that we might have a glimpse of the divine. I encourage you to read uh, the book of Galatians sometime, maybe during halftime, uh, during the Super Bowl. <laughs> St. Paul included in the book of Galatians a, an incredibly personal confession. He put it all out there when he wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. This is why we are here. This is why we follow. This is our purpose. This is the game plan. In this way, we seek to restore some justice, some balance in this Eden where few have much and too many have so little. We seek to love kindness because there are those who hunger or who have lost homes uh, or countries even, and they are our brothers and sisters. We walk in humility because of the love with which we have been loved. And we do what we do because we did not choose God. God chose us. We are the humble recipients of God's amazing grace, not because we somehow deserve it, but because we so desperately need it. As St. Jerome once said, he is rich enough who is poor with Christ. Forgive me, Lord, when I get my priorities all mixed up, when my pride takes over, Forgive me for thinking that I'm the management rather than the guest. Remind me of my purpose. Show me what you require of me to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you. Amen. Well, thank you so much for uh, being a part of Simply the Sermon at, from Bethel Lutheran Church. I hope you have a wonderful day and week, and I uh, hope to see you on a Sunday morning uh, sometime or call uh, the office if there's any need that you might have that we might be able to address. And thank you, by the way, for your support, your financial support, your prayers uh, for the church's ministry. That is so welcome and, and appreciated. And uh, may God bless you.